0: 1, more Breakfast nine. Business with Enterprise Ireland on Talk. According to the latest report from the IDA, that report also confirmed that 300,000 people are directly employed here by those companies brought in by the IDA. And the agency says that keeping that number above 300,000 is the challenge in an era of shrinking global investment. Michael Lowen is the Chief Executive of the IDA and is on the line. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Not too bad, Michael, and thank you very much for joining us on this Monday morning. So the FDI sector is leaking jobs for the first time since the financial crisis and the bailout.
1: So on last Friday, Joe, what we announced was in our annual report was probably three elements. Um, number one was we um, highlighted our investment flows over um, 20 um um, over last over this year, sorry, which which accounted for two hundred and forty eight investments. That was the highest number of investments in our history. And the future potential of nineteen thousand jobs associated with those investments, um, and also maybe to recognise that those that over fifty three percent of those investments are are uh, going outside of Dublin. So balanced regional development being a key component of our strategy, and our investment numbers reflect that. Um, the second element then that we and that you um, highlighted in your in your in your overview was we actually um, account for the number of jobs on the ground, and um, last year uh was the first time that we that we we broke um the the 300,000 um direct employees level And this year we retained that, albeit with a slight decrease of 1,000 jobs. Um, And this reflects, I suppose, maybe the the challenges that we had over the last 12, 14 months in particular uh, in global markets, and particularly that reset that happened post-COVID, both in technology and indeed across life sciences. Um, And the third element that we shared on Friday then was the overall impact from the APSI survey, which shows the impact of FDI in Ireland and how embedded it is in our Irish economy. You know, CapEx over 15 billion Payroll of 22 billion and then expenditure in local services, Irish services and materials at 14 billion. So, really embedded and supporting our Irish economy.
0: It's definitely supporting the Irish economy. I just wonder whether the Irish public and potentially even Irish politicians are taking the IDA's work for granted and assume that the curve will always be pointing upwards.
1: Uh, well i think the curve will will, will no curve ever points upwards indefinitely um i think that's one thing we have to say but um but i do think we have to make sure that there isn't any complacency as you look for foreign direct investment um like we're ne- next year uh, ida will be 75 years we will celebrate its 75th year um in 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 existence and over those 75 years the one thing that has been consistent is the level of competition has got harder and harder year on year Mm-hmm. And in the last twelve months, in particular, um, I think we, we've seen a renewal of, to a new level of of, of competitiveness. Um, you know, fueled by a number of things. Um, obviously, different countries are, are now looking to incentivize foreign direct investment, and in, whether that's in clean tech or in semiconductor or, or so forth. We've seen you know significant moves both within the US and indeed within Europe. Um, and secondly, Dennis, we, we've had a lot of, I suppose, turmoil, um, you know, whether it's the, 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 the wars that, that's impacted on supply chain, the inflationary pressures that we've seen, all of these elements are, are I suppose, bringing additional layers of, of competition and of challenge as companies look to the next investment cycles. And that's where Ireland actually is coming to the fore. I think our stability, our long track record has, is, is significant. And we have to, we can't be complacent. We have to continue to keep that agility and be pro-enterprise and pro-business within our policies. And thankfully, we're doing that as well.
0: Now, has the competition, and then by that we mean other countries, uh, have they simply got wise to what the IDA does Has it somehow worked out our secret sauce?
1: And I, I don't believe they've worked out her secret sauce. I, th- I think there's a few things in terms of what Ireland's proposition is, um, and you can look at it through uh, two different lenses. One is, you know, you can bring financial lenses to it, but financial lenses alone don't bring success. What brings success for, for uh, in our experience of of FDI and of embedding FDI, is that partnership model. Is that uh, consistent pro business um, support that you get through, through through the entire of the government system. And indeed, the availability of talent. And so not all of these elements are equal in every country. Uh, Not all of these elements can be delivered, you know, within 12 or 18 months. It takes consistent, consistent policy, consistent focus to build that that sort of critical mass. Uh, uh, uh,
0: What are the biggest competitors? Which countries are really putting it up to the Irish now in terms of attracting FDI? I understand that France is making a huge effort
1: yeah so so within, within europe you you have you have many it, it depends on different activities in different sectors, but France and germany are are, are certainly looking at high value um, um investments whether that's in semiconductor or in life sciences or in the whole area of fintech um you're looking at the southern the southern states of Europe uh, have probably a cost advantage um in in, in, in for for, for service because our traduction. wages are high yeah because of service and transactions I think we, we have to accept that, but there's nothing unusual in that you always have i suppose um different layers of, of competitive advantage and then you look to you look to um the u s and and obviously the um uh, Inflation Reduction Act in the US has been has been a significant change in the last twelve months uh, as well, which which has which has allowed companies to invest and I suppose attracted companies to to invest in the US. And then like, Singapore is continuously a, a major um, competitor for 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 mobile foreign investment. So depending on the sector, depending on the project, you could be looking at. As a competitor on, on our doorstep or indeed one further ashore.
0: Now, sticking with the Inflation Reduction Act, which basically subsidises uh, investment in clean tech and green tech stuff in the United States, there's no equivalent in the European Union and quite a few European Union member states are nervous uh, that it could reactivate um, grants and states basically bailing out individual companies. Is there a risk of that?
1: Um, i I'd say there there's, a, there's there may be a risk, but I think the risk is probably is possibly low um in my opinion um I do think through the european commission there there are plans to to have responses and i think responses need to be uh proportionate as well joe um and i think that that's where the the responsibility of what what from the european- comi- commission and indeed within within states ourselves uh, within every state of the european union. Have to be balanced in that. So, because I'd be honest, if if we end up um, as as you know as a European Union in a war of subsidy, that is not going to be to the advantage of either the people of 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 Europe, or indeed the companies, or indeed enterprise development. I think we need to get that balance right, uh, and that's something we be consistent, and the Irish government have been consistent on as well.
0: Now, is the technology sector you, you're, you're the problem child? Is that the bit that you're f- focused about the most, or is there another bit of FDI that worries you?
1: Uh, so, just to say, in terms of, of of our areas of focus, our sectors remain, you know, key to us across. You know, technology is is one is one sector that's very important to us and well established in Ireland. Um, um financial services, international financial financial services, again, over the course of this year has shown has shown a strong growth and delivered strong growth. Uh, high value engineering, and this is an area where we're seeing investments in in all new areas of sustainability and sustainability investments and building uh, capability and competency. For the future again strong growth of over uh, 2023 and then our life sciences sector continues to be to be strong so all those sectors have strengths um, all of those bring a diversity to our economy, which is so so critically important. And in terms of areas of focus, our focus is on ensuring all of those elements because each of those sectors have growth potential. And our technology sector, while it has been through a, a difficult and a reset over the last 12 to 14 months, it is now certainly starting to turn its attention to what the future growth looks like. Um, and I think Ireland is well positioned to support in that future growth as well.
0: Now, the Irish Times Cantillion uh, sector or segment, uh, said that your predecessor, Martin Shanahan, timed his exit perfectly, just as the FDI juggernaut was slowing down.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I think that's probably a question for Martin, but um, uh, as to the timing or not. But but inevitably, I think what we have to be conscious of today is that the the FDI juggernaut is continues to, to be strong. You know, at 300,000 people, uh, 11% of, of the total population in Ireland uh, is directly employed and if you look at indirect obviously that figure goes up to probably somewhere over over 500,000 people um, and the impact is significant so I think the, the the staircase growth that we've seen over the last decade or decade and a half I think now we've come to a new level we've, we've actually to use that analogy we've, we've got to a new landing which is which is you know if we look back 10 years ago we had less than 160,000 people employed. We now have twice, almost twice, 300,000. Mm. Um, we had 1,600 uh, or thereabouts 1,500 client companies. We now have over 1,800 client companies. So we've seen an incredible growth. Um, and what we have to do is retain that level in the first instance, and then we can't take that for granted. And then and make sure we support the growth areas within those segments and indeed within new companies as well arriving to Ireland.
0: Now, if you had your Chris- Christmas wish list in front of you for Santa Claus, what would the IDA want for Christmas? Uh,
1: let's... There's, there's probably two elements that are most important to us and we, we've called them out in terms of our Christmas wish list would include a, an ex, a further acceleration on delivery of housing um, and indeed in terms of our offshore wind getting the potential to um, unleash and capture the potential that is our offshore wind um, because both of those areas are going to be so critically important, not just for FDI, uh, but I think for our economy as a whole.
0: Okay well that's t- two things I'm sure Santa Claus can deliver but it may not be delivered as quickly as as you'd like Michael have a lovely christmas Michael that is Michael Lowen the chief executive of the IDA Bye. Breakfast Business
1: with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk